So I'm going to get right into it. We're going to begin in Isaiah chapter 46. Some of these scriptures I've given you and some I'm just going to ask you to check me out later. Um, and beginning in verse 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Jumping to the second part of verse 11. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. I have purposed it. I will also do it. I am going to do what I set out to do, what I said I'm going to do. It will be done. What I told you from ancient times, what I told you in the past, it will come. You, you, you may have not seen it yet, but it's already done because I've said from eternity past and I'm already occupying eternity future. I'm already occupying that place that you have your eyes fixed on. I'm already there. It's already happened. Hallelujah. You're already healed. You're already healed. Hallelujah. Let me go back now to, to, to a little New Testament here. I'm going to read to you from Acts. This is when the Apostle Paul, he knows that his days are numbered. He's reaching the end of his race, and he's addressing the, uh, the leaders of the church at Ephesus. And I'm going to pick up in verse uh, 25 of chapter 20. And indeed, now I know that you all, I know you all, among whom I've gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to do all the flock among you which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. See, the Apostle Paul here is speaking to them about preaching and ministering the whole counsel of God. Now I want to remind you, Mike, would you put that first scripture back up there for me, please? And I'm sorry for throwing your curves, but look at what God is saying. And from ancient times, these things are not yet done saying, my counsel. So in both cases, my brothers and sisters, he's speaking about his will, his purpose. So the Apostle Paul is telling the New Testament believers, he's telling the New Testament church, I've not failed to minister to you the whole purpose and will of God. Amen. Just like the God in ancient times and the God has spoken. Right. He has purposed it. It's his will. It's his purpose. Amen. He's not hidden it. He's not disguised it. He's made it known. Amen. And he's saying to us, it will be done despite us or with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So now I'm going to bring back a, a scripture 
to us where we ended last week. And my hope, my brothers and sisters, is that it ties in for you like it's tied in for me. So, Lord, help me, Holy Spirit, as I try to minister your word in Jesus' name. Hebrews 6, 17 through 20. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, you see the tone, Are you, is this tracking with you? He guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. You have a hope set before you and it will not change. God has already purposed it. It's His will and it will happen. So you can hang on to that despite where you are in this moment, despite what's going wrong, despite what's going right. You may be on the top of the mountain right now, y'all. You may be in the lowest valley. But that purpose that He's committed unto you, it's committed, it's done, it's there. Hallelujah. Hang on to hope. Because if you're low, there's hope. Hallelujah. Because God has already determined according to His purpose, according to His will, your future, your destiny. Amen? All right. Verse 19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of our soul. My brothers and sisters, God has given us this hope to anchor our soul so we will not be tossed to and fro based on our emotions, based on what people, how people treat us, what people say about us. We have this hope to anchor our soul. We should not be moved. And I like the way he says it, tossed to and fro, right? With every wind of doctrine. I don't care what the latest and greatest revelation is by this celebrity preacher or that celebrity preacher because there is no latest and greatest revelation he revealed all of it from the beginning. It's in His Word. Hallelujah! I don't need the, this, this newest passing fed or fancy. I need the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I'm told by God that He never changes. I'm told by God, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And oh, by the way, Jesus' other name is the Word. So the Word does not change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, you don't got to worry about God being in a bad mood. Maybe He's going to change something cause, you know, they, because He's got a bunch of stubborn people that will not listen to Him. So God is going to be in a bad mood today and He may not listen to me just because He's... God isn't like you. He's not like me. No, he is the same. He's unchanging. Hallelujah. I love Man, this word is just fire in me right now. Hallelujah. So now let's go to verse 19 before I pop a gasket. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I, what, what does this mean, after the order of Melchizedek? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Because now I get to tell you. I'm going to read this. You check it out later in Hebrews 7, the very next chapter. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who made Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, Salem meaning king of peace. This is what it's saying now about Melchizedek. Without father, without mother, 
without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. So what is this? Jesus is the priest after you. He's a spiritual priest. He's our spiritual high priest. Now, if you continue to read and study Hebrews, as some of you may have already, and you know that he's explaining, he being the, uh, the Apostle Paul of the Holy Spirit, probably through the Apostle Paul. We don't know exactly if Paul wrote Hebrews, but the style kind of lends to me that it's probably the Apostle Paul. But regardless, the Holy Spirit is the author of that, and the Holy Spirit then shows us the Levites, that priestly, that priestly order, and how they're men, and how they go. But now we have a faithful high priest, whose name is Jesus, who has entered into the heavenly realm, who is in the holy holies. He's seated at the right hand, making intercession for us. We don't have to go ahead and continue to sacrifice the blood of animals. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has already paid it all. And now listen, he's already in there, a priest, a spiritual priest. I don't see Jesus with my physical eyes entering into the holy of holies. No, why? Because it's spiritual. It's done in the supernatural. And that's what I tried to tell you last week. We need to experience what we experience by God in the supernatural. It cannot be naturally discerned or received. I remember some of you say amen. I'm, I'm going to hang on to that for later on. You, some of you said amen. Okay, just remember. Romans 15, 13. And you're going to remember this from last week. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So now remember the, the point from last week is that you, know, you, could, you have joy and peace and are d- directly connected with hope. See, you can't have uh, hope or joy. or you, Your joy and your peace are directly connected with the hope. If you have no hope, it would be hard for you to have joy or peace. Why? Because you're living sometimes in very terrible circumstances. How many people have some things going really wrong in their life right now? Yeah, but wait a minute. God promised it. Yeah, God did promise. And he will fulfill the promise. That's the hope that we have. And we have this seal, the Holy Spirit, which proves to us that God will fulfill his promise. And we have a risen Savior who is now in the heavenlies making intercession for us. See how this works? It's spiritual. It's supernatural. He's a priest, not like the Levitical priest. He's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He is our spiritual high priest. Hallelujah! Okay, so we continue. My joy and my peace are directly connected with my hope. Do I have hope? I can have joy and peace. Remember this one also out of Romans 14. We studied it last week. For the kingdom of God is not eating, drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. It has to be attained. It has to, be, it has to come through the spiritual. It has to be supernatural. Amen? And so now look, I'm going to put up the scripture for you and I know I'm going to hear some of the eyes roll back and I'm going to hear them because we've been here so often. So Mike, go ahead and put that one up there for me. Where's your Galatians 5? Thank you so much. Oh no, not again. See? I, I, I knew it. I knew it. See? Oh no, not again. That only proves one thing. This altar should be full at the end of the... <laughs> Mm-mm. No, but let's, let's push on this just a little bit and hear me out, or hear the Holy Ghost out, right? Galatians 5, we all know this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. See? In the Holy Spirit, if you want joy and peace, you have to have, it has to be supernatural. These things, true joy and true peace, true joy and true peace, 
come in the Holy Spirit and it's because of the hope that we have in Him. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Remember just before this when we were studying, the evidence of the flesh are, and he gives us all the evidence, and this conversely now, the evidence of you living a life in the Spirit are these spiritual fruits. Amen? Amen. Very, very easy. It doesn't take even, even with my pea brain, I could figure that out. You didn't have to say that. But now listen, so, so watch. It's very easy to understand. It's very easy. It's, it's not brain surgery. You don't have to go, let, I don't have to jump through hoops and, and to make you try to understand it. It's very easy, right? Okay, but, but my brothers and sisters, I want you to look at what this says in 24 again, please. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, let me tell you something. Uh, at the end of this service, when we have this baptism, what this is all about is those folks, because see, Jesus has already washed away their sins. They've already been baptized in his blood. See, there's three baptisms, right? 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 Okay. Fire, blood, water. Right? Okay. So, so these people have already been baptized in the blood. Why? They went to Calvary. They received the propitiation, the blood sacrifice that washed away their sins. And by faith, they received that. And now they say to Jesus, now I'm yours. Right? Okay, watch. So now what we do is, and I know this is rudimentary for a lot of you, but there may be somebody who doesn't know. So now what they're doing is they're taking the next step, or at least they're making a public proclamation that I am going under the water. The old Tony is dead and buried. He's under the water. That didn't wash my sins away. My sins were already washed away. So that the old Tony now is buried under the water and now he's raised in the newness of life. I am declaring to you, my brothers and sisters, my church family, that I'm going to do my best. I am putting the flesh to death. The fl I'm not going to live after Tony in the natural anymore. I'm putting that Tony just died and went under the water and now I'm raised up out of the water to live in the newness of life with Christ Jesus, my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. And, and see, look. See, here's the problem. If it's not supernaturally attained, it's nothing. It's just, it's just religion. It's just, a, a, it's just an act that, that happened and maybe it's a religious thing and you're going to try your best now to live according to these words, but you can't even understand the words unless you are giving yourself to the Holy Ghost, unless you absolutely acknowledge the third person of the Trinity who is just as much God as Father and Son. And, it's, and, and he's important. How do I know he's important? Because I'm smart, of course. Because Jesus said, it's important for you that I go. If I do not go, I cannot send the helper. I cannot send the comforter. I cannot send your help. I've got to go. I'm going to send the helper. And he will be with you. He'll be, oh, now he's with you, then he'll be in you. Hallelujah. This is awesome, awesome stuff, okay? So now watch. Last verse, 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's act it out. Let's just not... And, and when I say act it out, that doesn't mean put it on like you're acting in a Hollywood show or a play or anything. You know what I mean? Let it animate you. Let it be what animates you. Let it be your life. Amen? Okay, so now let's jump... I want to I jump to another scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. How am I doing on time, Mike? <sighs> Pursue love. And desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love. 
Always love. Why? God is love. Pursue love. And look at what it says. Desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts. Okay. Love, joy, peace. No. That's spiritual fruit. We're going to get into the gifts here in a moment. In fact, let's do it right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, who, uh, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you... Wait, wait let me pass. Let me, see, I, I, Paul and the Holy Spirit, I mean, they, got a little, they threw a little jab in there. Do you notice that? These dumb idols. These idols that can't speak, don't hear, don't do nothing. There's nothing. There's no animation to them. See, you're led away by these dumb... How did you do that? I don't know. How would you follow a piece of wood? <laughs> How would you follow... You know, ask the children of Israel. Hey, we threw gold in there and a golden calf came out. How did you... No, come on. Come on. But you see how Paul is... See how the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying this? Look at you were willing to follow these dumb idols. These idols, these things that were made by men's hands. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit, capital S, of God, calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, in the church that I came up in, that was the catchphrase. Whenever you, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Okay, that's, that's awesome. He is Lord. Despite whether I actually believe it or not, He is Lord. But now here's the thing. When I say that He is Lord, that means He's Master, He's Ruler, He's in charge. So if I say Jesus is Lord, and I meet, and it's by the Holy Spirit, then that means He's Master of my life. He's Lord of my life, right? Now, if you really sit down and think about that, that's, that's very heavy. Because i got to be honest with you, 100% transparency here, Tony sometimes runs his own life. Right? There are some decisions that I've made that I wish I didn't make, and then when I look back on them, I say, man, that was all me, not you. But I, I love, I love our God, and he, I'm so, man, our God is so awesome that even when I made a mistake, he didn't squash me like a bug, although he would have been justified too. He didn't squash me like a bug. But because of the blood of Jesus, and because of his mercy and his grace, because of his love with which he loved me and you, Right? Hallelujah. All things. He let me look back on that and he said, okay, son, let's go ahead. Let's go on. Me and you, let's not make that mistake again, okay? And I said, okay. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, sometimes I had to learn things the hard way. Yeah. You know, my mom and dad told me not to do something. Hey, stop. Let's get in the spirit here. I'm going to stay up and preach to this side. Yeah. This side's a little more spiritual than that side. I'm gonna... No, but there were some things that I had to learn the hard way. There were some things that I just didn't trust. Well, maybe they don't really know, and you know, but I don't learn. See, that's the thing about our God. He's just not speaking off the top of his head. Our God is not just telling us things because he can, because he's God. Everything that he tells us is for our good. It's because he loves us. And now as I matured as a, uh, as a young man, you know, you, you've heard me quote this, but this isn't my quote. This is something that I heard and it, I've come to know that it's true, and I've told you, I wish my kids you know, would uh, take this quote to heart. The older I got, the smarter my father got. I see some fathers shaking their head, yes, and amen. But think about that. Why? Because of experience, because they've already lived it, right? 
They already know. God already knows. He's already there. He already knows. He's the one that set it into motion. He's the one that called it all into existence. He already knows. Hallelujah. There's the, verse 4. There are, no, uh, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom for, through the uh, Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as He wills. Amen. Nine. Nine manifestations or nine gifts. So then when we get to verse 14 and, and the apostle is saying, or the Holy Spirit is saying through the apostle, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, he's talking about these nine spiritual or weak charisma gifts, these nine power gifts. Amen? Amen. And how are they, how, how do we have them? What does it say in the scripture? By the Spirit. Right? Same Spirit, same Holy Spirit in all of us. Same Holy Spirit giving us those abilities, those Listen, supernatural abilities. Okay? Okay, so then, my brothers and sisters, when we start talking about these things in church, things tend to get a little messy. But remember, I, told, I started off this sermon, I got to preach and teach the whole counsel of God. Amen. So if it makes you uncomfortable, the only thing I could say is, don't blame the messenger. Just go ahead and read your word, study, and, and, and ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. So why should, I die? why should I desire spiritual gifts? Why? How about this? He told me I should. How about that? Isn't that good enough? Isn't that good enough? Remember, even last week we talked about just obeying God. Right? Last week, it was just, just, sometime, it's just, just something about doing something just because Jesus said do it. Uh, amen? amen? Why? Well, if he truly is my Lord, if he truly is my master, then sometimes that's, that's good enough. And that proves that I truly do trust him. I have faith in him. I believe in him. He said it with his mouth. If you love me, you'll prove it. How are you going to prove it? By doing what I ask you to do. Do you love him? Amen. Do you love him? Yeah. See, anybody can say, man, I love him. Yeah, sure, I love him. My wife told me she loved me when we got married and she stuck it out all these years. That's how I know she really loves me. <laughs> through thick and thin, all the moodiness and all the other stuff that we've been through, she stuck it. See, she, there's an action that backs up the word. There's an action that backs up an affection. There's this action that speaks truth. Hallelujah. Do you love me? Just do what I ask you to do. So look, so, so why should I desire spiritual gifts? Because God told me I should. Amen. Period. That's it. We can end it right there. But no, see, God has a purpose and plan for you. Uh, remember what we read in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each 
for the profit of all. Why do I desire spiritual gifts so that I could be noticed and people can see and admire how spiritual I am? Look at the Holy Spirit is blessing me. Look how powerful I am. I've got all this. I can speak in tongues. I can interpret tongues. I've laid my hands on the sick. Big deal. You ain't doing it anyway. You, you're not the one doing it. And if you are the one doing it, it's fake. Hallelujah. And we've got too much of that fake stuff in the church and that's why it's come to this. That's why instead of you know, Pentecostal churches being popular, it's Baptocostal churches being popular. I'm going to get there. Come on now. Listen, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I really am not. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I really am not. I really am not. I'm not. I'm just trying to preach the whole counsel of God. And I don't like what I see happening in our country right now. I don't like the fact that i got to continue to pray for my grandkids because they're being bombarded with, listen, even when they go to church, not the ones that go here, but even when they go to church, not when they come here, when they go to church, they're hearing a mixed message. Hallelujah. But the manifestation of the Spirit is to each one for the profit of all. Why do I, should I desire spiritual gifts? So I could be elevated in the church? No. So that I could build up the church. So other people will profit by the spiritual gift that God has blessed me with. All right, listen, we had a good example of that this morning. Amen? Amen. Our sister came. She's blessed with a gift. She shared that. How many of you were blessed by it? Amen. Amen. Okay, so now watch. In a minute, I'm going to sing a song. <laughs> I, know my, I know my father-in-law loves me, but he's over there. Oh, no. No, but, but you understand. I'm, I'm trying to keep, keep it light because this is such a heavy thing. But my brothers and sisters, please, in the humor, don't get this point lost. You know what? Everything that we have from God is for God. And the things that we do, the things that we serve God, we end up, it's really, we're serving God by serving each other. Because God is building a church. He's not building four walls. He's not, no, He's building us together. Amen? A spiritual house. Spiritual house has to be built with spiritual weapons and spiritual material and spiritual tools and uh, uh, come on now is that tracking it has to be spiritual it has to be supernatural amen okay so why should I desire spiritual gifts he told me so and because it profits everybody else let's look at one more time for uh, 1 Corinthians 14 12 even so since you are zealous for spiritual gifts let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel my brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you honestly, when the, the church that I came up with, I praise God for that ministry because it led me to the Lord. But my brothers and sisters, there was so much error because now that I look back and I'm, and I'm, man, there was so much emphasis put on spiritual gifts, baptism in the Holy Ghost, that man, before you knew it, we had people speaking in tongues. They didn't even know the first thing about what that word said. Or it felt it was so bad. I'm, praise God, my wife had enough wisdom where she, you know, people would come up behind her and they'd lay hands on her to get her to speak in tongues. She, no. In fact, she went out of her way not to go up to that altar or not to do. They were doing more harm than good. I felt like if, unless I spoke in tongues, I wasn't saved. I felt like, man, something must be wrong with me. Something must be wrong with me. I'm praying. I, man, I fasted. I prayed. 
I, I tore up every uh, book that I had that wasn't, I, every album that I ever collected, everything that, I mean, I tore up, I burned, I did everything I knew to do. And still there was no tongues or baptism in the Holy Ghost. Thinking, Lord, what is wrong with me? And then one day I just forgot about it. And you've heard this testimony, many of you. Why I just forgot about it. And one morning I was just out there mowing a green. And I'm just, it was dark and I'm making these turns and I'm mowing with a triplex and I'm mowing and I'm singing praises to the Lord. And I'm just singing and my heart is, man, I'm just having, a, I'm just having church out there in wide open, mowing a green under the stars and the moon. And all of a sudden something started pouring out of me that I didn't recognize. Hallelujah. See, it, when I got my attention off of the gift and I'm the giver of the gift, Something happened. Something happened. I stopped worrying about that. I started seeking Him, praising Him, recognizing Him. Something happened. And I went to squeal on Michelle. One night we were visiting at a church and they had a guest speaker. And man, uh, he, started, he, he gave an awesome uh, 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 um, a sermon, but he also gave this big testimony because he had been in prison and he talked about well, what was going on as far as the prison thing goes and, and what had happened, how God had moved in there. And then at the end of the sermon, it was so powerful, but at the end of the sermon, he gave an invitation for people to come to the Lord, but he also gave an invitation for people to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I, I don't say nothing to Michelle anymore because I know what she's going to say to me. I'm raising my hands and I'm praying for the people. I'm praying. And so when I'm hearing him saying about baptism in the Holy Ghost, Michelle's standing on my left side and I'm kind of peeking. <laughs> but sure enough, God ministered to her heart and she went down there. She received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was when God moved upon her. God did it. The time was right. God tweaked her heart. The Holy Ghost made it real. She wasn't pressured. She wasn't forced. She did it because it was between her and God. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, now if the Lord, now here's, here's, what I, here's what I hear all the time. Not all the time. I haven't heard a lot because when people start saying this, usually, sometimes I just walk away. But here's what I, if the Lord wanted me to have these manifestations, if the Lord wanted me to speak in tongues, then you know, he would have given it to me by now. I've been a Christian. Really, first of all, you disqualified yourself. You've already disqualified yourself. Why? You said if. What do you mean if? If you read the Word, it says desire spiritual gifts. Amen. So that takes away the if. Thank you. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to, to wreck your denominational slant. I don't know. That's between you and God. But I'm just saying, say, I've got to preach the whole counsel of God. I'm telling you what the Word says. The Word says desire spiritual gifts. So when you say if God wanted that, God has already taken that if away. He told you what He wanted. The problem is, what do you want? And are you letting your will or your tradition or your pride, your fear of embarrassment, your lack of faith, or what is it? I'm not trying, listen, I am not trying to ridicule anybody. I am not trying to elevate myself because, no, I, I, am, I stink on ice just like the next guy, or gal, by the way. I stink on ice too. Without him, I'm nothing, nobody. Good him, bad me, right? All right, so look, I'm not trying to ridicule anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel all bad or anything. I'm just trying to show you what the whole counsel of God has to say. You know, what part of desire, spiritual gifts, is a problem? What part of that could be a problem for any 
denomination or any person who is pursuing Jesus. I want all of Jesus that I can get. It was Jesus. See, if Jesus wanted me to have it, well, Jesus was the one that gave it to you. Jesus was the one who gave it to you. Well, Jesus didn't speak in tongues. How do you know? How do you know? See, when he went into the, the wilderness, we've studied this together before. When he went into the wilderness, when he was tempted of the devil, he spoke the word. He obeyed the word. He quoted the word. He obeyed the word. And the Bible says that he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, he was born with the Holy Spirit. He absolutely was. His father was the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, but he received a greater anointing because, listen, he still had a free will. He was still a man. Full of God, but he was still a man. And he still had a choice to make and he made it. And therefore he came, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Power! And Jesus said, listen, listen. Actually, John the Baptist was the first one. He says, I'm baptizing with water, but one who's coming after me, who's preferred before me, he's going to baptize you. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. Let's be honest. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. But he's going to baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. So Jesus is the one that baptizes you with the Holy Ghost. If, if Jesus wanted me to have it, he's wanting you to have it. He sent it. He told you it's important for you to go. Hey, I'm going to go ahead. And the Holy Spirit, he told them, go and tarry in Jerusalem. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Power. He's talking to them. Power. You're going to have power. Hallelujah. Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That was Luke 24, 49. This is Jesus saying, you need to wait because I'm going to send the gift. I'm going to send the promise. By the way, that same thing that we're saying, it absolutely seals me and absolutely gives me the 100% confidence to know that I am an heir, an heir of Christ. Does the scripture say that? The Holy Spirit is the seal? Yes, absolutely. And we're all good about that. But it's that same Holy Spirit that we have this power. Power to what? Power to tread on serpents. Power over the spirits. Power over the darkness. Power to make disciples. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot make disciples. You can make religious people. You can make them disciples after your doctrine or your word. You can make them just as religious as you. But you cannot make them true disciples of Christ unless you are a disciple of Christ. Hallelujah. It takes one to make one. But I can, here's another one. But I can be saved with the man, without the manifestations, without the spiritual gifts. Boy, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to stand here and say, unless you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're not going uh, to be saved. Because there was a thief on a cross who wasn't even baptized in water, and he wasn't baptized with the Holy Ghost, but he did. Now, he was baptized in the blood. He recognized who Jesus was. This day you'll be with me in paradise, so I can't say that. But I will tell you this. I've got, a real, I've got several. I am so blessed. I've got several small church pastor friends. And, and one of them, that we were talking, and we were having this very discussion because he's also of the Pentecostal persuasion, as I am. And we talked about this very subject. And I said, I don't really, I'm not 100% convinced that, you know, uh, if you're not baptized with the Holy Ghost, you can't make it to heaven because of that thief on the cross and God is no respecter of person. But I, I, I do think that you could be, you know... Um, 
You could cut yourself off or you can go down a different path by resisting, by being stubborn, by being rebellious because you might be, listen, you might be uh, showing your rebellious spirit by resisting. Uh-oh. See, now look how quiet you are. No, no, no. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to be a pastor. I'm trying to pastor the flock. If you're just simply being resistant because that's been your tradition... Or how about this? If I do that, then I'm admitting, admitting some of my relatives or some of my friends from that old church, they might be wrong. If you're doing that, then my brothers and sisters, listen, you really have a b- bigger problem than just that because I'm more concerned with what thus saith the Lord than what says Aunt Sue, Uncle Joe. You, are you with me? And, and, and I love them and I want them saved. But let me ask you something. If I don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost or if I'm not operating in the full potential that God has given me, aren't I limiting my chances to have influence over the very people who I say that I love? If, I, if God has given me all of these arrows for the quiver and I'm just leaving them there, Come on now, thank you. If, if I'm just leaving them there, how can I say that I love them? Amen. Come on now. Just, listen, you, you see this whole council thing? I, I'm, I'm, I, I say too much, but I'm, I don't care. Listen, I sat down, I had this talk with my whole family. Children, grandchildren, the whole thing. I had this talk with them. You cannot say that you didn't know, and I'm sorry that I'm dad, but I'm also pastor. I, I'm sorry. So that you, ca- you cannot live half in and half out and think that you're okay. So your blood is not on my hands. You're among all people. You're not going to be able to say that you didn't know. When you stand before God, you're not going to be able, there's not going to be a bargaining thing. Well, God, this, well, God, no, no. See, we've taught people and young people, especially in this current climate, that everything's up for debate, that, that everything could be kind of mediated. It's not that away. Jesus did all our mediation for us. Jesus did every bit of the mediation for us. All we need to do is be in Him. Amen? So what did that have to do with this? Well, here, here, see, here's the thing. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to go ahead and rain on anybody's doctrine or beliefs or anything tradition. I just need to preach the whole counsel of God. Amen. Now, in that conversation that I had with my pastor friend, yeah, you may not have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven, but man, it sure helps when you go to the Walmart. Yeah, absolutely. What do you mean, Tony? Man, have you, ever, have you been around people? I want to tell you something. Yesterday we went someplace. We had a, celebrated uh, Michelle's sister's birthday. Getting out of the parking lot was a chore. And there were some, come on now, there were some rude people. I mean, rude people. If I wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost, I may have gotten out of that car and got my butt handed to me. Oh, did you say that from the pulpit? Yes, I absolutely did. Thank God. You see, what am I going to do? In the younger days, maybe, when I was lifting and all pumped up and stuff. But those days are long gone. So thank God, Holy Spirit, check me. Nope, shut up, sit there, wait, be patient. See, patience is a virtue. (laughs) Given to me by God, especially for yesterday, when I wanted out of that parking lot so bad. You ever go to the parking lot and they're racing you for that spot that's closer? Because you don't want to walk the extra 10 feet. And they don't either. You ever sit there at the traffic light 
And that light, I mean, the, what is it? The shortest time measured is the time between that light turning green and the person leaning on their horn behind you. I mean, that light just turned green and there goes the horn. Give me a chance, man. Come on, let me process this a little bit. That light turned green. It's like I'm supposed to anticipate the light turning green and be there. <laughs> Come on now. Make a mistake on the highway and you will know it lickety split and in a hurry. How about this? You don't even, yesterday we're driving home on I-4. Man, I'm like this and Michelle is in the seat. Now, now there's somebody who's not looking, who's trying to get into my lane. Man, Michelle, went, Michelle did one of these. <laughs> like she was going to steer the car. She also brakes a lot for me too. <laughs> but no way. So now I, I'm like, <gasps> Man, I'm leaning on that horse. So look, I may not need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. But number one, if God has asked me or told me to desire spiritual gifts, if I don't, just for the principle of the thing, then I may have a problem. Number two, I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit if I really do want to do those things that God has called me to do. If God's called me to his purpose, then I need every tool that he's made available to me so that I can fulfill his purpose. Amen? I, I want every tool that's available to me. Jesus commanded me. I love Jesus. I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. Amen? I, he wants me. He's building a church. God is going to build the church. Amen, sister. With or without me. She's helping me preach the word. Amen. Need all the help I can get. Hallelujah. So, so listen. Are you, are you with me? He's going to build it. Because he's, he's determined he's going to do it and it's going to come to pass. Okay, last. Now look, can I, can I have a little while longer? What's the point of being saved if you don't want to serve God? What's the point? Well, I get to go to heaven. What? And what's going to happen when you go to heaven? Do you think that, listen, are you counting on having one of those mansions that they used to tell me about when I was a baby Christian? And, and you know, I'm all excited about my father owning the cattle on a thousand hillsides and all that stuff. And no. You know what, know what happens when I go to heaven? I, I got this vision of heaven. I got this vision because it's part of what he told me. I'm going to be on my knees. And I'm going to be worshiping the one who's clothed himself in unapproachable light. I'm not going to worry about how much I have, how much land he's given me up there. I don't even care about a mansion. I'm just going to see my Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and man, my brothers and sisters, how in the world, no, being saved is, I'm set free. Set free from what? The, the curse of sin and death. I'm set free. Now I've been reconciled back to God. Now I'm part of his family. Now I get to serve him. And how do I do that? Well, His Holy Spirit's going to empower me to serve you. And you're empowered to serve me and serve the people outside the four walls of this church. Amen? That's how we do it. I want to, but it has to be supernatural. That's the whole point of this here. See, Tony, aren't, God bless you, aren't there people who serve God, uh, who do good things, philanthropic things, and all that other stuff? Yes. Yes. But my brothers and sisters, if it's not done by the Spirit, it's going to burn up. It's not going to survive. It's got to be done. It's got to be supernatural. It's got to be God-backed. How do I know that? You're smart. <laughs> Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we cast out demons in your name? Have we done, right? Haven't we done many marvelous works in your name? Depart from me, you who worked iniquity. I never knew you. 
See, so there are going to be things that are done and we could do them. But if we're, doing, if we're not doing according to what thus saith the Lord, if we're not doing what the Lord has called us to do in the power of His Holy Spirit, man, it's, it's going to burn up. Yeah. Hallelujah. So now watch. We have a great example. And um, I'm going to go right to it. I'm going to go to um, Joseph. You remember Joseph in Genesis chapter, uh, I'm going to refer a lot to chapter 41. Later on, I'll refer to chapter 41. I'm going to read something from 41, but I just want to give you guys the background. Remember, uh, Joseph is Jacob's son. Jacob is the son of Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham, right? So now through uh, Abraham, right, the, the, all the, na- it's, it's the nation of Israel, and then all the nations are going to be blessed through Abraham. So Abraham has Isaac, Isaac has Jacob and Esau, right? God had already purposed and planned that through Jacob would be the tribes of Israel. Right? Everybody remember that so far? Okay, so now Joseph was one of the sons of Jacob, who then God changed his name, Jacob, to Israel. So now uh, Joseph was one of his sons. Joseph was the next to the youngest. And, and we know that um, Jacob favored him. Israel favored him. Gave him a coat of many colors. But God had a purpose and a plan for Joseph, didn't he? And from a young, 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 young age, God gave Joseph a dream. And Joseph dreamed the dream, and he knew what the dream meant, and the unfortunate thing was, he mentioned it to his brothers. And he told his brothers that he would be the, the head. He would, be, he would have rule over them someday. They resented it, and they did the human thing, and they tried to kill him, but then they, had, uh, you know, they just sold him into slavery. So through the process of time, you know, he gets uh, sold into slavery, ends up in Potiphar's house, and we know what happens in Potiphar's house. He's making Potiphar, because he's a man of God, he's living his life in integrity before God. He's living a chaste life. He's living as good as he knows what the law, what the Bible, his Old Testament, what it tells him to do. The law and the prophets, he's living as good as he can. Right? Okay. He's living in integrity before God. And so now because of that, Potiphar is being blessed. He's being made rich. He's well, things are happening for him. But now also, uh, Potiphar's wife, we know, puts the move on Joseph. And Joseph don't want to have anything to do with it because this young man is a man after God. And so she, uh, you know, gets herself all upset and then makes up a lie and says that he made the moves on her and blah, 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 so on and so forth. He ends up in prison. He ends up in prison, but he still has this gift of God. He still has this spiritual thing, this spiritual gifting that God has given him because God has a purpose and a plan. And with his purpose and a plan, he gifted Joseph to fulfill it. God knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He had a purpose. It was his will. And so now Joseph has this ability to, to, to dream dreams and to, and to also interpret dreams. So we know what happens. There's a dream that's, that's dreamt. He gives the interpretation to the butler and to the baker of Pharaoh who are thrown into prison. And so that he tells the baker when the baker, I'm sorry, well, the, the butler, when he's restored to his position, he says, okay, just remember me when you're up there. So then we know what happens. Pharaoh has this dream. And the dream basically is... Uh, the interpretation I'll give you, that there's going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. But now what Pharaoh does is he says to all of his wise men, all of his men who are in the know, he says, okay, I've dreamt this dream. I need to interpret it. But I want you to not only interpret, I want you to tell me what the dream is. And there's no one that could do it. And he is irate. But then the butler remembers. Hey, there is this young man. There's this boy. 
And so Joseph gets to stand before Pharaoh. And Joseph tells Pharaoh, not the interpretation, first he tells him what he dreamt. And then he tells him the interpretation. And he gives Pharaoh a warning. And then he also tells Pharaoh, here's what I think you should do. Here's what I think you should do. Now I'm going to read to you from Genesis 41, 37 through 40. Just listen, check it out later. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this? Listen to this. A man in whom is the spirit, capital S, of God. Well, why did Pharaoh think that the spirit of God was in Joseph? Because he just interpreted a dream that he could not have known. Not only did he interpret the dream, but he also told him what the dream was. Amen. So there was something supernatural that happened. Amen. Something supernatural happened. And not only, listen, let, let, let me continue. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning. What's one of the spiritual gifts? Discernment. discernment. There is no one as discerning and wise. What's one of the spiritual gifts? Wisdom. Thank you, Michael. As you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. There's not going to be anybody who's greater than you in all the land. Every, all of my kingdom is now yours. You're in charge. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was all over him. Because he had these spiritual manifestations. And it proved to be a witness. It testified to a pagan. To someone who worshipped the sun. And worshipped all of these other things. To he himself thought he was a god. Come on. And look at his own words. His own confession. Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God. This man can discern. This man has wisdom. My brothers and sisters, you need spiritual gifts. We should desire spiritual gifts. But here's what we got going. We got gifts. We got gifts. See, we got gifts. We got gifts here. And I know there's a lot of people listening and are probably wondering what I'm doing right now. Holding up two items. One is a nice looking gift bag and the other one's just a sure enough bag from Publix. Now, if I were to say to you, the average person, and don't try to be cute because you're in church, if I were to say to you, pick a gift, most of you would pick this big pretty bag and not this old thing from Publix, right? So that's what we have today. This is the spirituality. This is the current uh, American church. What we got in there? Well, first, we got a beautiful cross. Grace, the catch-all, the safety net. I can live like I want to live, and grace got me. But look how pretty this cross is. Amen? Oh, yeah. Look it. I got some of the best worship music. We have rock concerts in our church. We have the lights and the smoke, and we have all of this stuff. Amen. Amen. You could have the party. You could balloon. Look at this. Oh, man. Let's see. What else we got in here? Oh, I got flowers and sunshine and lollipops. It's so good. Look at this. I got the latest and greatest uh, book from the latest and greatest pastor, teacher, preacher, the celebrity. 
Got my favorite celebrity preacher, and by the way, that's a caricature of me, so I know you're, I'm your favorite. So. I, I was preaching, I was guest speaker somewhere, and someone gave me that after. Th I don't know if that's a compliment or a, a, a criticism, but... So, so we got our favorite celebrity preachers and teachers, and we got the fictitious books that some of them write. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I forgot to tell you. You know what? We got, we can have that, and we have all the bling. Oh, yeah. I can wear jeans and tour. Man, we got all the technology. Man. And then when, when we get in that pulpit, we got some more bling. Look at this. I could have tattoos anywhere and everywhere. I could pierce anything, any part of my body I want to. And by the way, from the pulpit... I got candy, baby, it's sweet. But now let's look at what God really meant for us. Hallelujah. See, I'm holding up my old King James Version, my old study Bible with tape holding it together. Because I'm so poor I can't buy nothing. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No, watch. See, the cross that I preach is blood-stained. Jesus is my Lord because He went to that cross and paid a price that I couldn't pay. And then when they thought they put that spear in Him and that was it, they put Him in that grave and He stomped all over death. He stopped all over the enemy of my soul and He came up out of that grave alive. See, the cross that I preach is a bloody cross. The cross that I preach is the one where death... The cross that I preach is where I had to go and leave myself. Come on. No. It's... it's yeah, you know what? And it's by grace that I receive that. It's by grace that I receive that. You know what? Then I get into His Word, you see. And He comes alive. He didn't just come out of that grave and I don't have to wait someday to see Him and meet Him. Right out of here. There He is. Right out of here. In that awesome, awesome stuff. But now here's the, here's the thing that I'm trying to minister, man. This is what... Holy Ghost fire. He sent the Holy Ghost. He sent me the Holy Ghost. And He didn't just send Him in name only. He didn't just say to me, there's this third part of who I am. And I'm going to give it to you so that you could feel comfortable. No, I'm going to give Him to you. He's going to burn you like fire. Yeah, He's going to burn you like fire. Look, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's going to make you more pure. He's going to burn away some of that stuff that keeps setting you back. He's going to burn that away. That's what this Holy Ghost does. That Holy Ghost is going to make sure that when you're reading that Word, you understand it's me. He's going to give you understanding. You know what? I struggled when I was a young Christian. Even sometimes today, Lord, especially if I'm reading the King James, Lord, what are you saying? Come on. But if I study, and if, I, if I'm going after Jesus, He's going to make sure because He's given me His Holy Spirit. You know, it, it's expedient for you. It's most important for you that I go away so I can send you the helper so that when you read the Word, you're going to know what it means. I'm going to come up inside of you. We're going to do this thing together. He gave me the Holy Ghost and fire. But see, that's uncomfortable. Okay, Tony, you could talk about the Holy Ghost, but this spiritual stuff, this speaking in tongues and all that stuff, my brothers and sisters, I didn't make that up. We just read that together. And it amazes me how we'll accept, well, God will heal me, uh, and I'm going to pray for healing. 
That's part of these spiritual manifestations and these gifts. I, I think some of you would absolutely probably, I, mean, I think you would freak if you ever saw a demon cast out of somebody. It happens. It still happens. Why should that totally surprise us? He said it would happen. And remember how we read this, and you were saying amen. You were saying amen. His counsel, what he purposed, his will, it's going to be done. And he said, in my name, they're going to cast out demons. Oh, no, that was only for the first century church. Show me in there where it says that, and I'll believe it. The problem is you can't. So now watch. So we go ahead and we have these churches. And here's my problem. What are we teaching the kids? We're raising up generations of powerless Christians. Christians who do not have the power of God down on the inside of them. And I'm so concerned for our kids because they're defenseless. Our kids need to see us. You know what? Uh, just give me two more minutes, please. I know I'm, I've gone long. Just two more minutes. Do you know what else he gave us? He gave us, by the Holy Spirit, to pray. When we speak, we know that God is hearing. Right? And he said this, pray in your most holy. Pray in the Holy Ghost. So, so now, now watch. He's allowing me to pray, and he's going to pray through me. And he's going to build me up. And he's, listen, it's a purer prayer. It's, it's a prayer that he's, listen, it, it is absolutely, it's going to be uh, in line with his will. So now I want to go ahead, I want to get on my knees, and I want to pray for your kids. I want to pray for my kids, my grandkids. And I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And I'm going to pray in understanding. I'm going to sing in the spirit. I'm going to sing in the understanding. I'm going to do all of these things. Why? Because he told me I should. And I want to be as effective as I can be. If not for me, I don't, listen, I'm going to heaven. I just want to take as many of y'all with me as I can. And I want to make sure my kids and your kids and our grandkids are going too. Amen? Amen. Look, God has given us some power. He's given us some authority, but it's only realized in the Holy Ghost. Stand with me, please.